Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to the Daily Hi-Fi Podcast. We do this every Monday, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. My name is Chana. With me, as always, we've got Joe, Mike, Aaron, and our special guest, Wilfried. Uh, what happened? Where'd he what go? Happened to Wilfried? There, there he is. is. There. Yeah, he wanted to make he an wanted, entrance. Yeah, he wanted that special. <laughs> exactly. Slot in there. Yeah. Good to have you back, Wilfried. Oh, oh you're, we you're can't muted. hear you. Oh, uh, choose. There uh, we go. Uh, of course, audio is important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> audio. You know, you can't be running a YouTube channel with crappy audio for like 10 oh, years. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Shots fired. Get it? Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> no idea what you're talking about, man. It's all good. It's all good. Um, anyway, uh, Wilfried, what time is it over there? One o'clock? Yes, it's one o'clock here, and I'm sitting in, in fact, in, in, on some holy ground for me. Because yeah. this was the first studio ever I built in my in the backyard of my parents, yeah? And it was in a chicken coop. And uh, then we expanded it later with that huge building that you've seen some pictures about. Yeah. Right. And afterwards, I rebuilt that chicken coop into a bunker as well on springs. Yeah. And uh, this was then the first ever large format 5.1 uh, studio for music. Uh, I remember that SSL built for me then the first ever large format console with 5.1 monitoring system inside, a 7.1 inside. Yeah? So there it all started. Yeah, And that's here this place. And afterwards, we upgraded it to Auto3D. So now it's a completely full Auto3D studio. With an API console in it, yeah, it's uh, one of my favorite consoles. Yeah, it sounds really good. It's one right. of the best sounding consoles analog ever. Yeah, so it's um, yeah. So we do here a lot of productions, and I was, by the way, doing recently last week, but that was in the other studio. Uh, let me share something. That's the that when we had in this five point one studio a few years later. Yeah, then we had. Uh, oh, let me can can you can you show the picture from my PowerPoint? Yeah? Sure. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So this was then the first ever studio for immersive sound. Yeah. So for 3D audio. And you see there the layout. Yeah. Uh, do you see my mouse now? I'm not sure if you see it. No, yeah. we're not going to be able to see, I don't see it. Okay. Yeah. So that is then, uh, you see, there's a 7.1 on the bottom. Yeah. And mm-hmm. four channels up. The let's say the magic part of our, of course, this uh, this uh, second uh, quarter channel, yeah, and then you see as well the voice of God there, yeah. So mm-hmm. this was installed. I designed it in 2007, but it took about three years to have that console uh, console developed together with EMS uh, Neve, yeah. And that's mm-hmm. all about production and workflow, and yeah, to create the content, of course, was an important thing because there was nothing existing yeah and mm-hmm. i think that was one of the main issues when i detected that you need at least 10 channels to create on top of a 5.1 a full naturally immersive sound that is absolutely the minimum you need yeah then the question was how to do it yeah because everything was limited to eight channels yeah uh let me try to go back now to my powerpoint yeah do you see when i move now in a powerpoint yes yeah, yeah. we're good yeah, you see, this was the next step. This was in 2011, yeah, that we have the first ever DFC console. This is our mixing room for was, films, yeah. Was that an oral wedding right there? What was that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, in fact, a, a movie for a wedding uh, that I was mixing. It. You see it as well in our demo reel, yeah. And um, this, is the, this is that room. And, yeah, mm-hmm. you know this famous thing about hear more feel more and may often people asking me from wow more speakers does it mean more immersive but 
I'm not sure. Even with a million speakers around our head, we will not be able to reproduce natural sound. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. a, a quote that uh, Tom Linkson Holman, the guy from behind the exhibition, yeah, he is now at this moment directed audio from Apple. Yeah, he said, okay, the the in fact, the art is to do it with created illusion in the most efficient way, in a very scalable way. Yeah, and very important, especially to me as a content creator, yeah, is delivering everywhere the artistic integrity or the artistic intent i think that is one of the main concepts of the main uh, goals behind our format where our format differentiates from our competitors yeah and then came the big moment in 2005 when i found okay we need another name let's say we needed the, the dimension extra yeah which is then in fact, i called it in 2010 immersive sound where right? highlighted that already last time yeah now coming back to that point, if we have, if we need to have an end-to-end -end system, there are like a few topics involved. First of all, the content has to be created, yeah. And okay, many people involved there, yeah, in uh, artists, producers, uh, movies, uh, broadcast, everything. But at least there has to be a way to produce the content more than eight channels. And at that time, that was not existing. Everything was limited to 7.1, but really everything. Yeah, a console didn't have more than a 7.1 out uh, output bus. Yeah, there were more channels, of course, in, involved. Yeah, but the whole monitoring system, the whole panning, yeah, that was only in the horizontal axis, and there was not the ability to go further. Yeah, then the next tip is, of course, um, yeah, the distribution. Yeah. And in the distribution, we had the same issue, a limit to eight channels. There was no physical distribution yeah, for consumer market. Yeah, for only in, let's say, in cinema, we had a DCP, digital cinema package, which was uh, possible, let's say, to 16 PCM channels. Yeah, But let's say there were no streaming solutions, downloads of physicals for, let's say, beyond 7.1. It was, again, all limited to 7.1. Um, and Blu-ray, of course, had the biggest channel count there, yeah? Eight channels of PCM. And then finally, last but not least, yeah, the decoding process at home, yeah, again limited to HDMI, which as format is limited as well uh, by the time to eight channels of PCM. So the question was, how can we bring now a format with more than eight channels to the market, yeah? Well, first of all, to create it, to distribute it and finally decode it as well so that the end result is the same. Yeah? And that brought me to the idea to create a special codec for it. Yeah? And I think it might be interesting to highlight a little bit more how such things works, yeah? what it is it all about. And um, so what we are going to do is we are going to have now two demos from the codec in which I explain the concept. So the concept is in fact, that two or more PCM channels, uncompressed audio channels, as two different, let's say, or three different vertical layers, can be mixed, dynamically mixed, into one carrier. And that carrier is the master for surround sound. Yeah? Um, and the, the, the decoder at the playback can reveal out of that 5.1 the original mix like it was an R3D. 
So that's the concept. And in fact, what we do is, in fact, the the vertical stereophiles, or let's say the three vertical layers, we mix them into one layer in PCM, so it stays uncompressed audio, and you have that same audio quality. There is not a loss. That's what you're going to see in the next demo. Yeah, And then the decoder can reveal out of that the original sound. The magic part is that we stay in PCM, so we stay in the uncompressed domain, yeah, which has a lot of advantages in the workflow, um, especially as well. You can do edits in it. You do not need a decoder, yeah. Uh, the moment when you um, going to, let's say, when you're going to edit certain stuff, so you can always hear the encoded result, which is unique because that's not possible with our competitors' format. You always need to decode to hear what is what is let's say what is in the master. Yeah. So this is a, a few uh, a few uh, advantages. There will be more, but I explained it later in in the in the demo. I think, Joe, is it possible yeah. that you that you perhaps start the first demo? Yeah. Yeah. Where where we see in fact the concept of how we can bring. Two channels into one channel, yeah, mm -hmm. and then we can decode it, and perhaps we can have then some uh, question and answers about it, and then before we go to the next demo, okay? Sounds good. The goal of this short demo is to show you the groundbreaking capabilities of the Auto 3D codec. We try to do it with a very simple example. So this is the Pro Tools session in which we are going to just to combine two PCM tracks and we're going to decode them as well and compare the decoded version with the original version. So here is the plugin. You see the plugin. You can create different speaker layouts. The concept is that the high channels are going to be mixed together with the lower channels. And you can just offset them because of the volume as well. If you're going to bring them together, perhaps you have an overload. Yeah. So it's very important you can offset and mix it like you should normally create a down mix in, let's say, from two channels or three channels into one channel. Yeah? Now, you see here as well a routing panel. That routing panel can break up till 14 tracks into the plugin. So as you know, Protolus is limited to 7.1 buses, so we had to create a solution to bring 14 channels into Protolus and less channels coming out. But we keep that still in the PCM domain. So let's make now an example just with two channels to understand how the concept works. And I took two different songs, and I'm going to mix them and unmix them. So this is one the first song on the left side. Now, the other song on the right side. But Odin alone would choose the day they would enter Valhalla. And in their hour of need, he sent... So I intentionally took two different songs that people don't think there is something optimized, let's say, because it's a coherent sound field. It can be two different languages, it doesn't matter, yeah? So I drag those ones as a stereo track now where the on which, let's say, the plugin is inserted. Now, we are going, you see here, these two channels is coming out as one mono channel. So it's going to be matrixed as one channel, but we have 
all the creative possibilities because we can use the faders as well to make that down mix between those two channels. So you see here the output of one and two is going to one channel out. It is still PCM. So on the next track here, we are going to put the out, we're going to record the output of that plugin. And we are going to use as well the fader automation. So I can say, okay, automate fader one and two, and we will use the fader automation from Pro Tools to automate that plugin, which allows as well during the workflow to already to start the downmix capabilities and the downmix control so that the 5.1 from a creative point of view is exactly the 5.1 which you want to create. Yeah. Good. So let's go now to execute mode and I will do some funny things in the downmix. But Odin alone would choose the day they would enter so you saw how I took out one song and then the other song. Yeah, Normally you do not have to do so drastic things in the down mix, but just to show you the capabilities of the codec. Yeah? Just play it back and it will repeat automatically my down mix. But Odin alone would choose the day they would enter Good. So let's listen once more without this plugin, because what you heard was in fact already that mono track. Yeah. But to show it for clear, just listen only to that mono track. But Odin alone would choose the day they would enter Valhalla. So this track is just PCM. So everybody can play it back on each device because PCM is the mandatory format on all devices. Yeah? But if you have the other 3D codec, the other 3D codec decoder can reveal from that monotrack exactly the original file without all this downmix information. So we are going now to put over this monotrack the other 3D decoder. And you see it's showing here that one track will be split again in the original two tracks. Because we stay in the PCM domain, we are going to record on the next two tracks the decoder tracks. Yeah. Good, so we go now in execute mode and you see we hear again the original two tracks. But Odin alone would choose the day they would enter Valhalla. And in their hour of need, he sent forth. Good. So what is fantastic is the speed of this codec. Yeah? This is the original waveform and this is the decoded waveform. You see it's exactly the same. There's only a latency from two samples. There is no latency compensation on this plugin it's installed now. So you see that's the real decoder time. The decoder takes only one sample for each channel. So for two channels means two samples. For three channels is just three sam samples. It's, it is the fastest decoder ever. Yeah. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to show you the quality. Yeah. So we're going to sync now the original tracks with the decoder tracks and then we are going to invert the original from the decoded version. So you see here this is the original version. I drag that one to a channel going to bus three and four. I take the two decoded tracks and I drag them here as well, going to bus three and four, but I'm going to invert one of both tracks, invert that channel. And that channel is now coming together here on that input. Yeah. And you will see that's it. 
So if I'm muting one channel, yeah, or if I mute the other one, you see it is about those channels. And you see there is no loss at all. High resolution quality in each channel. That's the groundbreaking capability of the Auto 3D codec and staying in the PCM domain. Wow. All right. Look at that. Yeah. So basically, you're able to fold everything into a mono track and then. Oh, don't say fold. All right, now, all right, now. <laughs> Com combine. That's that other thing. Combine it and then send it out. And then whoever receives it can extract it, I guess, using the decoder, right? Exactly. So the point is, and the question is, everybody said, but how is this possible? Because the minimum that you change in an uncompressed audio track, you immediately hear it. Yeah. It's not completely true because, but it is true. I see that Tim Perry says stereo to mono to stereo, no loss. Exactly. There is no audible loss. Yeah. Is it bit lossless? No. Yeah. And that's what I would like to explain. Yeah. Um, you know, we are working for, for a long time in 24 bit. Yeah. Now, 24 bit is a uh, dynamic range, yeah, which is interesting to have during the workflow. Because then you have some, some uh, let's say, for rounding errors, and you have, let's say, a kind of a range, some extra, yeah? But in fact, as a reproduction delivery format, we don't need that, yeah? You know that about every, every uh, in sampling, every bit takes about 6 dB on, on, on dynamic range. <clears throat> so 16 bit equals five it's let's say the first three bits you have to drop is in fact like 96 minus 3 is like 93 uh, db dynamic range and what is dynamic range i have an interesting paper perhaps we can share it as well with the group yeah uh is this something that you can perhaps now i have to leave now my powerpoint out and i'm going to share with you that paper um uh oh stop screen was i sharing something at this moment that was the um the there powerpoint yeah. I so now, you, now you can share something else yeah so you guys well, can ask questions out there too so if you have any questions about what uh that particular demo that he just showed go ahead and ask your questions and we'll bring them up here and um so you're saying no audible difference uh but there is a, a slight bit of a degradation in quality that we're not going to notice Exactly. It's not hearable. You cannot hear it and I explain you why you cannot hear it. Yeah. Because that's mm -hmm. very interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's say this codec is not working on psychoacoustic optimization. You know that if you're going to, let's say, all these lossy codecs that our competitors are using or like uh, with MPEG or uh, let's say AAC analysis, there's all these kind of uh, solutions to bring it to a smaller bandwidth needed. Yeah they use psychoacoustic optimization and what does it mean yeah they take out certain elements for which they might believe that we are not so sensitive but our brain picks it up and it it is creating artifacts which are for our brain not let's say which is creating in the long-term fatigue yeah um our brain doesn't like so much that those artifacts yeah and a lot of it has to do with spatial information. A lot of spatial information is taking out. Yeah, um, I give you a simple example. Yeah, if you do 
two claps after each other, yeah, like this, yeah, you hear the second one. But if you do it very fast, yeah, you almost don't hear the second one anymore. So they try to, to find optimization things with spatial information that immediately looks like it is not obvious in the track, yeah, and by taking it out, it is not obvious either. But it creates artifacts, which is creating, yeah, kind of distortion. It is real distortion that you're adding on it, yeah. So um, the octopus codec is, in fact, um, what we call, in fact, the outer codec. Where, let's say the internal uh, term, which is patented, is the uh, is octopus, yeah. And in fact, the idea behind this that we uh, want to have it in, in uh, uncompressed audio, so the quality has to be uncompressed audio. It has to be able as well to deliver in 96 kilohertz, so 96 kilohertz, 24 bit. As you know, our competitors cannot do that on the Blu-ray disc, or on, on um, they can only maximum deliver to 48 kilohertz due to, let's say, different reasons from their technology. But our technology can do it within 96 kilohertz and having as well that same 96 kilohertz resolution. So there is not any let's say concession that we are making because we are going to use this codec yeah um yeah and of course the backwards compatibilities they're like the fact that we stay in pcm and that we have this ultra low latency yeah uh is amazing yeah this latency from just a few samples yeah it's just amazing yeah so um the quality is of course the audio quality is one of the main things yeah so as i told you last time the speaker layout is one aspect of the the let's say the reason why Auto3D has that natural sounding, yeah. But a very important other component is, of course, let's say that we can deliver everything in uncompressed audio. If you have the same 9.1 track and you encode it with the auto encoder and you hear it, then then you hear exactly the same as the original. If you do it with our competitors' format, you feel really there is a loss. You feel really the sound is a little bit less warm, less thin. There's more artifacts. We don't have that kind of issues with our codec. Yeah. Now let's um, let's talk a little bit because this is a full white paper that I can share with you. You, uh, you can find it, but I can send it to you too, which is explaining a little bit how sampling works. Yeah. So and this is, for instance, a sampling of let's say. And a four bit quantization thing, yeah. And here you see the bit depth, yeah. So let's say every every uh, bit is taken typically starting from the first three knots, yeah. But then every six, you have like six dB, yeah, uh, for each bit, yeah. Now, as you know, eight bit is one byte, yeah. So 16 is two byte, which makes it digitally interesting to work with, yeah. Uh, and the question was, let's say, how much dynamic range do we need, uh, or do do we, do we, let's say, what are the dynamic ranges? Yeah, and here you see the dynamic ranges of the different audio formats. Yeah, a CD can do like 16 bit. Yeah, DVD audio, Blu-ray disc, yeah, digital dinner, pure audio that's all 24 bit, and then you have a dynamic range from about 140 dB. Yeah, but what does that mean? Yeah, if you see the dynamic range, yeah. I think that's very interesting. Here I have a very interesting uh, example. The Galaxy Studios Hall, yeah, you've seen our hall here last time in the picture. I sent it, uh, show it to you, yeah. That has a background noise echo on from 14 uh, dB SPL, which is very, very, very silent, yeah. Now, in a good recording studio, yeah, 
typically it's like about 20 uh, dB background noise, yeah. In a good cinema theater, yeah, and same like in an, in, in a living room, it's about 30 dB, uh, let's say SPL, yeah. And then on top of that, you have the dynamic range, yeah. So if you have, let's say, with speech, that's the dynamic, the com, com, uh, let's say, the conversational speech is about 60 dB, yeah. Here you see chamber music uh, to 75 dB, applause in an auditorium about 85 dB, yeah. The subway, the, tr the tractor farm, 90 dB, yeah. Then you go even higher, yeah, like a French horn of an orchestra or like a diesel truck, yeah. A full orchestra, 105, yeah. And then like a snare drum on the peak is like 110 dB SPL, yeah. Um, so if you see then the, the SPL, if you take that kind of SPL minus the dynamic range, yeah, then that's, that's very interesting because that means the dynamic range is only like 90 dB that you need, yeah, to represent it. So, and the paint threshold is about 120 dB. So the dynamic range minus, yeah. So if you take, let's say, the 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 paint threshold minus the, let's say, a very silent room, then with 100 dB dynamic range, you can in fact serve almost all kind of natural sounds and whatever you want. Yeah. So CD was not that far off. Yeah. And in fact, <clears throat> if you hear the difference between 16 bit and 18 bit, yeah, you can still hear that, but that is very that's a very very small difference. Yeah. But above 18 bit, yeah, and the dynamic range you need that you can sometimes hear it there in the tail, yeah. But um, let's say the difference between 20 bit and 24 bit, you cannot hear, yeah. Additionally, there are not, there are no AD converters, yeah, or DA converters. If you see the DA converters at playback, yeah, most of the top consumer products are limited to 20 bits, yeah. Here you see the different kind of DA converters and the dynamic range that they can give, yeah. And I think I, we have them here in in the range. Yeah, you see here most of them and very most popular, even the professional ones, they go to 2020 bit one uh, uh, thing as well, yeah. So that means there is room. There's like a few bits, and this, these are the least significant bits. This is a kind of a noise that you cannot hear even on the consumer. Uh, on a consumer um, device because there are no 24-bit uh, DA converters in, let's say, in the consumer world. Even 22-bits is very rare. Most of them are limited around 20 bits. Yeah. So if you did now a signal from 20-bit to 20, from 24-bit to 20-bit, you cannot hear that difference at all. Yeah. But what you can do is you free up four bits, and with these four bits, yeah. Uh, I found together, let's say, um, let's say with an, an codec engineer, yeah, is an amazing guy, Guido van den Bergen, yeah, and he developed mathematical solutions, and we worked on solutions to bring, let's say, two channels into one channel, and using for that combination just four bits. We have to understand it very well because sometimes people think that we use the high channels with only four bits to bring it in the lower channels. That's not true. We bring two 20-bit channels into one channel, yeah? That becomes 24-bit, and the four bits, which are just like a noise that you cannot hear, yeah? It's like a white noise, yeah? Those are used, yeah, to uh, allow the decoder to reveal out of it, again, the original sound as it was, yeah? Mm -hmm. So that's, in fact, the way very shortly described, yeah? You see here, this is the kind of a thing, yeah? 
So the 24 bits is what the full dynamic range gives, which is interesting during the workflow. But as a delivery format, you don't need it anymore. Then you need, in fact, 18 bits maximum. Maximum, yeah. So there's like even up to 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 six bits, yeah. And that's that's what we used, let's say, to create the the architecture and the mathematical solution. So this codec works like a lossless, the same principle, the same mathematical principles being used for, let's say, an, um, a codec, yeah, an, a lossless codec. These are, let's say, these are the same principle. This is, there's no psychoacoustic optimization or something like that. And that's the reason why this can be so fast. Uh, as you have seen in the demo, it is only two samples for each channel that, in fact, the principle of the technology is using. Yeah. But it's a little bit technical, but let's say the, 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 the thing is, the moment when I found out yeah, that it is working fantastic for two channels, I thought, why not doing with three channels? Because then we can use three channels into one. And perhaps, Joe, this is the moment when we can explain very fast, uh, yeah. because three channels can be used for bringing our three-level three, three level system, yeah, the three-layer system, into a 5.1 delivery form. Yeah? That's the way, for instance, the movies are uh, released in Auro. So people at home as well, they have the 5.1. If they don't have the decoder, the Auro decoder, they hear the normal, the normal exactly same master as the 5.1. And movies went out like, for instance, Spider-Man, the 5.1 version was spread out worldwide in 5.1. Sony um, distributed that movie only in our encoded 5.1, which means that 90% of the cinema theaters not having an Auro system, but only the 5.1, still the main standard everywhere. Yeah? They hear the 5.1 as it was intended by the creators exactly in the same way. But of course, the cinema theaters or the people at home who have the decoder here, yeah, the decoder will reveal out of that 5.1 again the let's say the original auto 3d but we can use that same principle to bring surround sound into a stereo signal yeah so this real quick does anybody have any questions about what wilfried has just said because it's a lot about how they're able to fit multiple channels on a single uh channel you know by using those four bits i mean you know, usually what happens is after you're gone, Wilfried, everybody's like, you know what? I've been thinking about it, and you know what? I don't think that's right because it's, I'm like, why didn't you ask? Well, he was here. He's you could have done it right, right, right now. Answer. This is the time. Yeah. You yeah. have a question. You don't agree. You think that so, maybe that's going to degrade the sound in some way. This is your chance. Yeah. Don't do it later. And Otherwise, so I, I have a question, uh, Wilfried. Now, did you do this just due to the fact that the software like Pro Tools at the time didn't have more than eight channels. Is that why you had to come up with this? No, it was, there were two things. First of all, it was the limitation. I I couldn't see a solution that there would come like a new Blu-ray format or like something oh, okay. like P. So that's one thing. But the interesting thing is compatibility. You have to understand that we have two creative masters and even three, in fact, because the downmix to stereo is in fact in the metadata as well. Yeah. Oh wow. So we have we have three masters in just one delivery format, and the bandwidth is the same. So we do not need extra bandwidth to deliver and the 5.1 artistic master and the R3D artistic master. And that has a huge advantage because let's say um 
yeah, you have two artistic masters in one thing. So you can, let's say, for archiving, for whatever it is, it is a very interesting format. Yeah. And there is no need for extra bandwidth, which is unique to us as well, because that's the reason why our competitors cannot put, let's say, um, uh, they need extra bandwidth on, on, on let's say, on a, on a Blu-ray disc. That's the reason why I cannot go to 96 kilohertz, for instance. Yeah, While we can do that, we can keep... We didn't have to change any spec on the existing deliveries. Mm. So the first Blu-ray player ever can play back Auto 3D, which is not the case with our competitors' form. This was only the latest generation of HDMI who could do it. Yeah, So this has a lot of existing let's say, a lot of advantages from a compatibility point of view and even more. And I have a surprise for you guys in this in this thing because I'm going to talk about something that we do now in streaming with this technology in Japan already. Mm -hmm. And that's something I can highlight a little bit later. But let's first go to the demo part. Yeah, okay. is it If the full track is shared to the heights, does that mean the full range bent down to 20 hertz is also revealed yes of course it is we we have the full spectrum there is nothing changed in the spectrum it's the let's say the 20 uh, 20 hertz of 20 kilohertz it doesn't mean it is the full range so we are not cutting out a part of it that doesn't it doesn't work like that so the only thing is the 24 bit yeah we use four bits that you can never hear yourself at home yeah or like even in a professional thing these are not used in a delivery format yeah because as human beings yeah you are not going to extend your ears to more than 120 db dynamic range which means 140 db spl then blood comes out of your ears almost <laughs> does anybody ever disagree with you on that i'm just kind of no. curious because Everybody. i can imagine somebody will be like no i want that extra dynamic range because right. you see some of these guys fighting for like more more everything like every oh. number just higher I want my dad to have 140 dB of dynamic range. <laughs> and he's, you know, Nothing so. else. <laughs> I, I, I can add one interesting joke from Tom Lincoln Holman. Yeah, he said in one of the conventions, he said this is also right because you know you can only hear one time in your life a 24-bit dynamic range. <laughs> <laughs> and then your hearing's gone, right? And your hearing is gone. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's we, enough. Professionally knows about it, yeah? We have to uh, get to this because uh, Chris Wyndham, thank you for the super chat. He asked real quick, what does Wilfrey think of two-channel only music? So what do you think yeah. of that? <laughs> <clears throat> oh, he's getting choked up now. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so you do, do you prefer two-channel or do you naturally just up mix it to or 3d now in fact i am going to be very honest here yeah i am i'm raised up with music in stereo of course as mm -hmm. a kid i was only knowing stereo yeah i was not really knowing the, the period from mono anymore it was already well, my father had a fantastic stereo installation so and vinyl and all that kind of stuff so i was born in stereo and then when i was 16 or 17 years old i heard for the first time quadraphonic sound and i was so impressed about it i said mm -hmm. wow that's another dimension. And it's true. It's another dimension. And yeah. I, I couldn't wait because I felt that kind of extra interesting spatial information coming to us. So I couldn't wait that surround sound was coming to be used in music. So when CD come to the market, I was hoping that quadraphonic CD was coming soon. Yeah, right. it didn't happen. And then finally, when I heard DVD came on the market, then I said, this is the moment. And that's the moment when I built the studio. 
That's the moment I said, now is the moment, yeah? At least it is not a good quality. It's AC3 and things like that. But at this, let's say at least we have the ability to create a something kind to of work with, basis. something to work with. And the moment, because I I knew 5.1, in fact, in the beginning, only from cinema. But what I found is very interesting, the following. In cinema, you have to, um, to that array of speakers, you have more a diffuse field. Mm -hmm. And that sounded to me more natural then let's say having discrete 5.1 because these two channels in the back were like yeah they were like okay they were taking subconsciously my attention and you mm -hmm. didn't have that kind of nice spread okay we worked with deep dipole speakers and all the kind of stuff to create that kind of same right. experience because of course in cinema you have the disadvantage it creates this kind of phasing issues in this array so the question was how can we create a more natural sound and then it is more by coincidence i came in contact with someone who was putting height yeah and there's oh wow and that was of course for me the eye opener yeah and then i added this this not only top height but the back height on top of a 5.1 and then the most impressive moment in my life was the moment when i did my first recordings in auto 9.1 5.1 and 4 and the emotional component hmm. that was for me the, the big difference that that was a tenfold from what i was used to here yeah and honestly, I just last week I was doing here and uh, the Bernie Dressel. Do you know the guy? The, the guys from UK from LA, mm -hmm. Ber Bernie Dressel. Yeah, he's the big band. These are the top big band players in the world. Yeah, gotcha. they were flying over last week uh, here to mix their recording here in in. Uh, I was mixing the recording myself in R3D, oh, and cool. at a certain moment. Just to give you the expression, because you feel the big band, you feel yeah. the music, you feel the whole dynamic stuff and so much more detail. You're like in that music, yeah? But then you still have to do that boring part to deliver a stereo mix. <laughs> the boring part. Boring, and exactly yeah. that is what's happening. And I tell <laughs> you, honestly, this is the feel that we all have. Okay, let's still do this. This was the fun part now. That's now we have to do the real stuff because most of the people still will hear it in this in right. this way. So we wow. have to treat them with respect. So we have to create now from a fantastic <laughs> thing something right. which is still very good. Yeah. So you, start, so you start <laughs> fantastic with very good. Yes, yes. You start with that and then you work your way down to that's the... I think that's I think one of the, the major advantages of let's say Auto 3D. We mm -hmm. have that channel-based workflow for music, yeah. Mm -hmm. We can add object-based, we have object-based, we use it in broadcast and things because it in, in our Max we have it. It's not a question that we don't have this technology. Mm -hmm. Point is, does it fit our let's say what does it create extra? Nothing. Especially not in the music. I do not see immediately where you can use it. Okay, our competitors, they use that technology because they use it to add height. Mm -hmm. In our format, we don't need that. And it has a lot of advantages. Yeah, One of the advantages as well that we can do the mastering process in the traditional way that is being done. A lot of people don't know, but if you have like, say, the whole workflow goes from recording, mixing, mastering. Yeah. And that mastering process is very important, especially in the pop music. That's the place where they're, uh, let's say, they are going to try to make a coherent sound feel, blending with all the tracks, yeah, mm -hmm. compression techniques to bring it more out of the speakers. All that kind of stuff happens in the mastering studios, and they're like really top uh, mastering engineers, yeah. And they can do still exactly the same as they did in their stereo 5.1 channel-based version, yeah. 
which is of course a completely different way of working with our competitors format. They have a workaround, but it's much more complex. Yeah. So it we let's say from I want to hear about that. What do you what do you what is that? What is how does that work? What do you how do you think that works? Yeah, you have to see. Let's say I explained in the in the previous version what object based and channel based. How does it work? Yeah. Yeah. Now, in channel based yeah. environment, you can create all your compression things and EQ things, and you can you control it. Yeah. And then you know your result, and everything about compressing is in that result. But the moment when your trunk of objects and your and your beds, the channels are separate. Yeah, you can perhaps do that creation in the mastering control. But what happens at the renderer's place where you have more speakers? How to calibrate all the kind of stuff? It will be a completely different thing. So the renderer from an object-based format at playback can never reproduce that. Let's say the process that they do in a mastering process. It's just not possible. It's physically not possible. It has, it has, it, it, it is so complex you can just not do it. So they have to, they, they try to, to, to create certain workarounds now to have that kind of, kind of, let's say, similar control, but it's not the same. Mm. Yeah. Now so, I have, an, uh, I have another uh, a demo from you. You let me know when you want to show that one. The demo. Yeah, you have yeah, another demo here. Second demo, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that three into that that stereo that surround into stereo one. This yeah. is just like this is just like an example to mm -hmm. show, let's say, some capabilities of the codec that even stereo can be used as a carrier for, let's say, PCM format. Yeah, and then you have the the normal five point one, and I took as an example. The New Year's concert, you know, the New Year's concert in Vienna, we have it in Auto 9.1, yeah. But I, I took the 5.1 down mix, so that is in fact the 5.1 master, yeah, in Auto, yeah. And then we're going to down mix it to stereo, and we can reveal out of that stereo again the original five, the, the original surround format. This is a 5.0 surround track. Perhaps you can play that demo, yeah. Joe. And so, then... so, one, so one of these days, can you make it so that you know, like if I'm watching broadcast TV right now, it says like. Oh, this is in Dolby Surround or something like that. Next time, can it say like Oral? Can you make that happen? <laughs> you know you what can. I mean. That's the yeah, big. You work question. on that. All right, let me let me play you this video for, for you. All have to work on that, yeah. But that's why <laughs> I say this is an Auto 3D track, so it's about the same thing, yeah. But uh, okay, all right. So here we go. So let's start with listening to a five-channel surround mix, including hand claps, typically very challenging for audio codecs. Let's create now a dynamically controlled down mix of the surround master into a stereo PCM track using the Auto plugin. So let me show as well the artistic freedom you have. Let's take less rounds, or even the left channel down, or the surrounds up again, or the front channels down, up again. Just to give you an idea about the creative freedom we have during the down mix. So you see now the two channel master created with the auto plugin. This theater track in PCM contains all info of the original surround master. Let's activate now the auto decoder that recreates the original surround master. 
The audio quality is the same and all the fader movements are again neutralized. So an easy way to test the quality, we take the original tracks and sum them with the decoder tracks face inverted. As you can see, the result is a white noise, which is so low that it never can be heard in the decoder tracks, which means there is no loss in the audio quality. The Auro codec does not use any psychoacoustic technology, but it is based on the same principles as lossless compressors. On top of the transparent audio quality, this approach has many advantages in the workflow. Even editing can be done in the encoded PCM tracks. Hmm. Okay, okay, you see, and the question is now, how many channels can you go on like that? Uh, yeah. yeah, and I did till four. And before you slightly start to hear the artifact, but slightly, yeah. In fact, you can go till four, but that means you can go four to eight. That means you can go up till 32 channels on the Blu-ray disc. Wow. There's yeah. a couple of questions that came in. One from Kanga. Where's mm -hmm. the data stored during the down mix? Um, Good question, Kanga. Yeah, exactly. This the the down the data is stored in those four bits out of the 24. Yeah. Uh, so that means in fact we have a 20-bit signal. Yeah. And as I explained to you, the 20-bit signal is equal to the 24-bit. Even let's say if you did it in the right way, yeah. It sounds as perfect as a 24. There's no, there is no audible difference that you can hear. Yeah. Cool. Another question from Matt. As with any technology, there's compromises. Um, can you discuss the deficiencies in the oral format as compared with its competitors? Uh, what does it mean? The deficiencies that not clear. He's saying, "What's wrong with your? What's wrong with oral? Tell what us the all flaws? the bad things. Come on now. Yeah, all the, the bad, bad things. things. Where where are the others better than oral? He's like the only bad thing is not in the shortcomings. I think if anybody would say, I think it'd be you. So, are the there point, any? I'm just wondering what the what the disadvantage would be. I don't see it. Yeah. The point mm -hmm. is. We have a better audio quality. Yeah, we have an easier workflow. We have a more efficient workflow. Yeah, um, you don't need a decoder, let's say, to hear the encoded result. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, it is compatible with all delivery. Let's say all uh, media formats which can uh, contain PCM audio. Yeah, so it is. You do not need to change any specs because it is in the PCM domain. Yeah. Yeah. I, what is so. what is the disadvantage? I do not see any disadvantage compared to our competitors. I can tell you now a book about our competitors. Yeah. For me. It's the best. Well, <laughs> so I guess the downside is uh, it's too compatible. You can't. You need to charge more licensing. You know what I mean. You make more money if you make it proprietary and lock everything up. Yeah, but That's the point is, of course, let's say the amount of money needed for, let's say, to do, like, to bring such a format to the market. That's like the cost yeah. many millions, and you need to have, like, you cannot make it royalty free. That's like then you, right. there's no reason that say the company can survive and that we can give the support which is needed to people to bring this kind of technology in their devices. That's like, because you see, the codec is just one part. Yeah, 
if you you know our 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 engine yeah let me show perhaps something else again from the powerpoint uh where is the window of the powerpoint uh i think this is the no let me check it first i have to bring it forward here again yeah uh i let, let me see here i i am sure. going to show you now something which is the auto codec uh, so I, I, while you're looking for that i'm gonna throw another question at you and you can just think it over for a second i'm gonna i'm gonna put my buddy aaron on a spot here because you know he's using a yeah. I see. If you're quiet, oh, he's scared. He's scared. If you're quiet. Dude. I've just been sitting so back and listening. Don't put me on the spot like this. <laughs> no, he has an older receiver. I, I'm pretty. Why sure you gotta go there? <laughs> Why? Look, man. Just because it has toss link only. Toss link. <laughs> toss link. Bless your heart. Oh, I know. Man. So yeah. There we go. That's you know, the right one. I I, I, I get the feeling. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you're a little bit skeptical about like, you know. Yes, uh, extracting extracting from let's say something that isn't an, a native RO mix, and you're putting stuff into the high channels that weren't originally there, right? You have to kind of figure out right. what to put up there. So yeah. I can totally understand it. Like, how do you know what to put up there? Like, is it supposed to be there? The guy yeah. the guy didn't mix it that way. So how do we know it should be up there? You know, that's a right. valid question. So yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, that sounds I, reasonable. I would have the same. <laughs> I would have the same. I have. I've had the same thoughts, except for the fact that I've used it, and so I don't feel like it's gimmicky. But maybe uh, I, what are, I what didn't are you say thought? gimmicky. No, you didn't. Maybe but I, I did. Actually, I, I, I thought it might. I thought it it could. I thought it could without trying it. I'm like, uh, I've heard stuff where it tries to do things before. So, what are your thoughts, yeah. Wilfried? If you. Uh, if but you now you're that. talking about automatic, right? Yes. Yes, up, I know we're going all over the place, the but you know. thing, right? So no, taking this channel, upmixing it. To how do you know what to put in those heights? I tell, yeah, I tell you an interesting story from last week. Yeah. Okay. So the guy, the 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 B band drummer Bernie Drezel, yeah, and the producer Gary Reber from White Screen Review, yeah. So um, they said, okay, Wilfried, can you bring us to the airport from Amsterdam again? So we worked till late at night. Yeah, we slept two hours. We took the car, and you know. In the Porsche, they have the automatic system. Yeah, you mm. cannot play back in such a car the native Auto 3D, but you can do automatic. Mm -hmm. And I said, why don't we have, let's say, let's have fun now? We drive to the airport and we put our stereo tracks and mix mm -hmm. them up in automatic in the car. They're so then, their mix. Yeah, oh, the mix. Myself, uh, yeah? So oh, okay, that. you're okay. Okay. So it's it's let's say it's the stereo mix. Yeah, but we were hearing, so we were whole the week hearing the whole track. In our 3D, in native right. 3D, yeah, right. And we could hear it how it sounded again in the car, but then up mixed, yeah. And the feeling is coming very close to the original one. If you hear the up mixed result, yeah, it's so close, yeah, to that original setting that is that is really it was such a fun to drive back and feel how stereo can sound fantastic by automatic, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're, but. In the demo that you showed, you took multi-channels, five channels down, not really down mixed them, but put them in two channel, but you were still able to extract that same data from those two channels. So when you were in the car, did you have that information or was no, no, it no, just no. Michael, channel? No, no, that's, that's very important. These are two completely different technologies. Okay. Let me share again. Do Can you see, um, yeah. I'm going to share now something here. Yeah? 
uh, this is a moment window yeah so this is the auto engine yeah um, can you see this now yeah we'll get yeah, back we'll to that question in a, a little bit because I don't want to get it confused as far as like what you're talking about how you're able to uh, you know get multiple channels yeah you see because you see in the auto engine we have these two technologies together mm -hmm. that means if it recognizes that there is no original auto 3d then okay. it's using that automatic thing to okay. create artificially gotcha. a 3d feeling while when it sees the metadata in these four bits yeah then the decoder the auto decoding happens yeah and then it creates, of course, virtualization over the speaker and there are all of other technology. Okay. But then you bring this full three-dimensional experience everywhere. You see what I mean? Yeah. Gotcha. So in the car, you only had two channels. Yes, in the car, okay. in the car, and there is no, there is only two channels. Let's say native input, right. but okay. of course, it, it distributes over a full, what is it, 13, 14 speakers in such a Porsche. Yeah. So that's nice. uh, that. that Man, makes I need it. to get one of those. Yeah. So okay. <laughs> so it sounds like. You know, you've done a great job of optimizing and figuring out, you know, where where you could take from and where is not audible with the four bits and all that. And so I have to imagine, okay, he's trying to upmix two channel. Um, what information is there in that original track to tell you, you know, what to put in the height? So I have some guesses. I have my own guesses about what kind of information you have. Because like, for example, like I've used Isotope RX to remove reverb in the room. And so I thought it was kind of interesting because, you know, you can have something where it has a bunch of echoes and it can kind of extract out the dry signal from the wet signal, the reverb and all that. So I was just thinking about it. I'm like, oh, that's some, that's information there. You know, how long is that? So I'm just wondering if um, you're doing something like what that. What is the secret sauce? Is what, yeah, what you have to tell me a little bit. I know you can't say all of he's it. Trying, but he's pulling it, Will. Come you, on. Look, the ball, way I figure. Something. The way I figure is if I have to guess, then you know when people have to guess, and if they don't really know how it's working, then um, what people aren't they might not believe that it works. On. They might not believe it. You know, okay. just like didn't I share you with you a document how the codec works? The let's say the automatic works. Joe wasn't listening. Uh, you you sent me a lot of stuff. I think, to be yeah, I think you did. I think you did. <laughs> you probably did, but a lot of them are like, oh, yeah. yeah I mean, um, like you know, I got assignments. I got it's, this new in fact, uh, guys. Let's say there are like in total fifty-four different let's say parameters. Yeah, correct. Which yeah. are in real time. Yeah. Uh, going, let's say, when a signal comes in, yeah, those 54 parameters decide and how, let's say, everything is going to be spread. Mm -hmm. It takes into account, of course, let's say, the when the, the way that the system works, yeah, um, is always respecting the artistic intent in such a way, yeah, that if the original has, let's say, a kind of a normal room reverb, like in a jazz club, mm -hmm. yeah. The automatic brings you in all this kind of thing that kind of same acoustical experience. If it is like if you're like in a church and you have the only two channel, you feel mm -hmm. like you are in that church. It translates the acoustical environment of the original. Yeah, and there are like many aspects into account. For instance, the lead vocal, you will hear the lead vocal still coming from the front. Yeah, and people mm -hmm. said, "Oh wow, how can you? How can you just and just?" take all these objects and just 
decides where to place them, yeah? It does not work in that way that it's going to isolate all these objects and then decides where it goes through, yeah? Right. It works in a kind of different way, yeah? And we are working on kind of some, let's say, we have some psychoacoustic, uh, let's say, tricks is not the right word here, but let's yeah. say technologies, yeah, that we use here to, to, let's say, to bring that naturally immersive sound. I think one of the amazing things what we achieved is just take a monotrack and mm -hmm. do it over automatic and compare it with whatever kind of other technology. In other technologies, you will get right. about phasing issues. Mm -hmm. And in our technology, it still sounds very natural. So, there's no phasing issues. And these are the kind of all extra elements that we put on the table. <laughs> it's not by coincidence that I started this development together with Ralph Kessler in 2006 already, early 2006, mm -hmm. yeah? And we worked seven years before we came with it to the market in the first AV receiver ever in 2014. Then we came to the market with it, yeah? And the reason was, in the beginning, it sounded fantastic only in a specific genre of music or like not on movies and things. And we had always to add more parameters and more things. And at a certain moment, it became a too, too heavy algorithm. Mm, then yeah. down again to bring it easy in, in consumer devices, yeah? So it's not by coincidence it took us so many years to develop something like this. And there was a lot of knowledge involved as well, let's say, to, and, 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 and already experience that, that, that Ralph and myself were dealing it, yeah, to make something like that happen. Yeah. yeah, so it was getting very heavy, huh, with all those parameters. Next thing you could be like, you know what, you only need 16 bits. We need that extra eight. <laughs> we need more. We need <laughs> more bits. Yeah, joking, joking. More. Uh, so, so you can't, so there's 54. How many of those 54 are you able to talk about? Because I know in the papers it talks about some of the stuff that you're saying that um, you're not getting any comb filtering by the way you're doing some of the stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I guess I'm kind of curious. Like, let me put. Can you, say, can you tell us like 53 I, I of them? I think what we can do is, uh, I think it would be better than that we do a separate section or a separate, <laughs> separate thing about automatic. And I think Ralph Kessler should be involved then. Yeah. Oh, as all right. Yeah. Yeah. As an engineer. Yeah. He is, um, let's say he can decide easier than myself, perhaps to know what, let's say, what is right to describe here and where our, let's say, because I think a part of this technology is of course, a patented protected yeah. part not and things like that so we have to be very very careful what publicly what we can disclose here yeah mm. uh, but i think it would be nice and i think it would be correct as well to have him involved because he's okay. a major part of let's say of this uh, development yeah which i started with him in 2006 so i would suggest we do that in the next session is that okay sounds yeah. good and what happens if you come up with a 55th what if you're like you know what this one parameter then what do you do can you change? The, can you change the way that everything works? How does that work? Oh, that's the point. You have to think very well before you're going to launch a project or like this. Yeah, the sa same with a codec. Yeah, you see, mm -hmm. once you have a codec out in the market, yeah, then the moment it's in there, yeah, it's not easy to, to let's say, to change it. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why it took me a few years as well. The auto codec principle was already uh, developed in two thousand, early two thousand and six. Yeah, or in fact, already in two thousand and five. Yeah. But then we started to develop it and it took us as well three to four years before we are sure enough this is now fixed yeah mm -hmm. and 
you you see the competitors as well before they're going to do something like i know that due to our success in the cinema market yeah then our main competitor dolby came very fast with an with a solution as well and even for them it's not easy and i think that was bringing them in difficulties because they developed atmos in fact in the beginning only for the cinema industry because mm -hmm. they could never imagine that people were going to install like uh, 15 speakers or like 10 or more speak more than 10 speakers at home yeah so and that's the reason the moment when they designed that afterwards they had to come with solutions to bring it to a consumer format and that is creating this kind of uh, you, you do you know how that works for them no Ah. Please can you explain? <laughs> He's like, let it's me like, tell ah, you, there's my there's, book I was telling here's you. Here's another hour. This is the flow. No, please. <laughs> no, I'm not going to highlight so much about our competitors. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. Hey, real How quick, we... real quick, real yeah. quick. Uh, let Here, me say, here's, I had, here's I... one of my patrons. This is what he just said. We just watched Spider Man Homecoming in Oro 3D, and it's the best sound we've ever heard. Oh, great. Okay, thank Boom. you. So Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah. Always. By the way, those videos that we that we played, I think I I linked to those because I uploaded it privately to my channel or unlisted. So I linked to those. Yeah, but you can have them. So it's it's public information. There's nothing secretly. Okay. Just before. those videos that you just showed. Yes, you can have them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But you can show them on the YouTube channel you have. So no problem. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Here, let's say. Do you see here this left figure? Do you see my mouse now or not? Oh, hold on. We, we need hold on. You have, in order to show your mouse, you have. Oh, there we go. Yes. There we go. Yeah, we can see. You see this? Mm -hmm. You see on the left side. Is this DNA? <laughs> <laughs> it's the Dolby DNA. Yeah. <laughs> no. So what you have oh. here, this this blue this this blue things here, mm -hmm. are objects. Yeah. Now, in our 3D, the advantage we have is those objects, they have as well three-dimensional reflections, yeah? And we can record and reproduce these 3D reflections in the channel-based environment. So there's always like a time relation between them. And whatever, let's say, the speaker layouts created in our 3D are in such a way that this time relation is always respected. So that's the way that our artistic intent is much higher because the way it is being recorded and the way it is being produced is much closer to each other yeah, compared to with object-based technology where the renderer is deciding where to place an, a kind of an object into a speaker. And as you know, uh, in the cinema theater, yeah, Dolby Atmos has in total 118 objects yeah, that they can decide simultaneously to bring somewhere in the 20, 30, 50, 60 channel speaker layout of a cinema theater. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then that, that uh, let's say, requires a lot of bandwidth. You know, each object is just like a PCM monotrack, yeah? and with some metadata, and the renderer is going to use that metadata to see where it is being positioned. Yeah. Yeah? So you can imagine 118 times, that's 118 PCM channels. That's a lot of bandwidth. You see, normally we are talking here about 7.1. So we jump from 7.1 suddenly to 128 PCM channels. The bandwidth is huge, yeah? But in a professional cinema system, you have that bandwidth. It's there, yeah? Right. Uh, but 
The point is when you go to home, you have again that problem that in home you have maximum the bandwidth of eight channels PCM. Yeah. So how was Dolby then able to bring all this kind of stuff? So what they did is they decided to come with a cluster system. That means that they're going to, um, to let's say, to um, take an average where a few objects are coming together and take that as the metadata. And that's what you see on the right side. Yeah, mm -hmm. you see they are like the they are like clusters. Yeah, and in total they have, in fact, in theory, I believe they can make sixteen clusters and including of course the channels yeah? the a channel is one of the of the corners as well yeah so and then the objects are divided in those clusters and those clusters they move to the places yeah where the closest is and it means that it means that if a cluster is moving yeah sometimes it moves from one cluster into another one which can be a, a very hard jump and that's the reason why the sound is not sometimes not traveling smooth anymore. It jumps from one to another one. And I heard already a, a few examples on that, yeah, where what you hear in the cinema theater, like a nice smooth movement, yeah, with lots of speakers around it, when it comes into a home system with, let's say, with, with, um, with like, let's say, even with, with the amount of channel, uh, speakers is not, it can be important. It, it differs as well how the speaker layouts are then it differs as well in this jumping thing. But even if there are like six speakers on the ceiling, you still feel this kind of average jumping. You don't hear it with every object, of course. But these are artifacts that our technology is not suffering from because we have this in this channel-based thing, whereas an engineer, uh, you decide which kind of panning law you use, and that will be exactly the same panning law that you have in the reproduction, yeah, which is much less predictable in the let's say in our competitors form yeah didn't didn't you have a friend uh aaron hopefully he can be on sometime yeah but he wasn't a big fan of uh what atmos or all of yeah them? All of them. I, well i think he just prefers general 5.1 so he's a he's a re-recording engineer with a few oscars under his belt wow. um and he and i were talking about that and he was saying that his basic basically his I guess input on uh, on Atmos is that it's kind of a money grab, so I thought that was kind of interesting to hear that from him, and he just thinks that regular old five point one as opposed to Atmos is. Pro but I didn't ask him about Oro or Oro three D or anything. I don't even know what he's done with that. No, but, but I, I, think, I, I think that's I, a good point you're bringing up. But the point is, uh, one of the reasons I believe uh, Aaron has to do with the fact that in five point one. Um, and let me put it differently, yeah. You know that in most of the Atmos tracks, yeah, in fact, Dolby even made this publicly on a convention. Uh, between 85 and 95 percent of all the sounds are coming from the channels, the bad layers, not, not uh, from the bad, from the bats, from the channels, not from the not, not from the objects, yeah. And what you have as well that, um, uh, sometimes people complain as well that there's not so much used, yeah, mm -hmm. in in the yeah, high. Like the number one thing that we hear, yeah, yeah. That's and and that has different reasons, yeah. You see, one of those reasons is this technical issues I just explained about, yeah, which can one of the reasons that they say, okay, let's bring it in the channels. Right. We don't have all these issues above, yeah. It can be different things. But I, I remember that in the beginning that uh, people who were working with that technology, they were saying, oh, now, yeah, uh, Dolby was saying, don't think about it anymore. Just put it there, put the metadata, and the rest is, 
is you don't have to think about it anymore. But I think it's the other way around. I think you have to think more, much more, in what how how is this going all to happen in the different mm -hmm. configurations on the market? Because most of the object-based stuff that uh, let's say you no, know, most of the Dolby Atmos systems sold uh, are just like two height speakers, yeah. And of course, let's say I can imagine that's not creating the experience that people are let's say that they expecting. listen to in the cinema theater and that they are expecting okay with the four speakers that's already let's say they're coming then close to let's say the concept that we have yeah or even more speakers yeah uh, can be added but the point is as well yeah how is the translation from the original content into the consumer format and i think that our concept our 3d's concept is uh, creating an easier way and a much higher predictability do you have that same experience as intended by the creators to bring it home? Yeah. And we do it with the technology at the same time that is not, let's say, having this kind of artifacts and things like that. It is like PCM uncompressed warm sound. Yeah. Even in high resolution audio, film typically is only in 48 kilohertz. Yeah. Uh, because it's originally created like that. But um, uh, let's say with music, 96 kilohertz already for let's say for a long time the standard yeah and we are the only immersive sound format who can bring on a blu-ray disc 96 kilohertz yeah oh that's a nice compliment thank you so much yeah. <laughs> nice to see that yeah uh any plans on for your plugins to become vst3 soon yeah good question we have oh we cool are, i thought it was pro tools we are working, working on this moment on it so just uh i think it will be pretty soon in fact i cannot just exactly the the, the the delivery day but our engineers are working on that so um, uh our our very own tim uh tim perry who edits all of our videos so if you enjoy the videos that are shorter versions of this entire podcast and also also the audio only podcast for those who maybe are just commuting and they want to just listen to these uh he puts them on there on anchor .fm forward slash daily hi-fi. So that's a quick plug for that. But uh, this is what he said. He said, have a great show. Check it out. And you can tell um, him that I ordered a new receiver that had Aura just because of him. <laughs> so he got a new Arcam. Oh, Arcam has Auto 3D. Yeah. 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 Maybe R20. So this is what he got. This is what he got. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I see man. the Oro 3D logo right there. And it's got Dirac too. And look right here. Boom. So you're a bad influence. Very yeah. bad influence. You know, it's funny. Last last week, uh, Wilfried, somebody said, "I'll give you five bucks if you guys don't mention oral." This podcast. it was actually pretty easy. None of us actually. We didn't That's pretty messed up. I know what happened. He said, "I'll bet you, you five you. bucks." We didn't mention it at all, just to prove a point. But yeah. normally we do. <laughs> yeah. Um, you got. Have some more things to share if you like to your, you know real quick i'm very curious about music. what you're saying oh sorry go ahead chana your team sent me some music so this is bt electronic opus in uh, oro oro 3d native can mm -hmm. you see all that i don't know but anyway this sounded great like there i actually have the original like from the 90s his release of this from back in the day and that sounds insane um, I also just got the new Revon 4K Blu-ray players, and somebody wanted me to test SACD, so I have the 5.1 SACD of Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, and so I Oro upmixed that. Woo! Like it was, it was cool in 5.1, but man, <laughs> I mixed in Oro. I was just like, oh god, this is. I need to put on uh, Wizard of Oz 
and watch this all over again <laughs> you know because it's just gonna it's just nuts so um i loved it but um I, I got somebody needing to pick up a TV right now, so I actually right. have to like skedaddle. I might jump into the after show, but uh, yeah. uh thank you again, Wilfried, and uh, everybody watching. I'll see you guys. I'll, I'll see, see you guys later. Yeah, yeah, I'll see you, yeah. Charlie. I guess yeah, us, yeah. one of us will do the outro. Hey, yeah. uh, you were Good mentioning luck. though, Wilfried, Wilfried, we'll fill you in. Don't worry. So um, you were mentioning about streaming though. You yeah. had a little. I want to know about that before we go. Yeah, I think that's an important topic too. Yeah, let me share again my PowerPoint. Yeah, and sure. um, let me see if this is, I think this is the one. Um, <clears throat> so, what I showed you is this 24, the, let's say our system now have this end to end system, and you see streaming there on the right side in the middle as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it was always one of our goals to do that. And you see, this is the ecosystem when you're talking about everything what you have to cover. Let's see on the left side, you see there all the kind of content, eh? mm -hmm. movies, theoretical, and the domestic ones, music, broadcast, events, sport events. Yeah, then it has to go to a pipeline to all the distribution formats. Yeah, and how they're over the top and streaming, and how it comes to, to the reproduction format. So all this kind of stuff has to be taken account. Yeah, which is in fact concepted from the start when I developed this format in 2006. Yeah. And that's the reason why we could go easy to all these market segments, yeah? Digital cinema first, of course, yeah, you have to start to form it in cinema. We came as first to home, as well in automotive, mobile, gaming, so that's all happening at this moment, yeah? So that was creating a serious revolution in the sound industry, yeah? And let's say, I think we were very fast followed by, by Dolby and DTS, and in fact, we are the only three end-to-end -end players who are active on all those markets yeah if you see let's say the top five competitors yeah so we have auto dolby and dts each of them of them with a different approach yeah? and you know as well Fraunhofer is there <clears throat> with their system but they do not have uh, digital cinema yeah they are active in all other markets as well imax is in fact only a digital cinema and home yeah and sony 360 which is in fact mainly only in headphone format at this moment yeah so mm -hmm. uh so this is, let's say, the way I believe that we revolutionized the audio industry. Yeah, this is a little bit innovation stacked. So I developed 3D microphones, mixing consoles to make it all happen. Yeah, due to that, it was easy for Dolby to build further on, let's say, the mixing consoles which were already provided. Let's say to do 3D audio. Yeah, as well on Pro Tools on existing workstations. Even as I showed you behind me, the API Vision has Auto 9.1. A mastering system that we have the mastering concept, the distribution formats, the auto codec. I explained that. The playback things, yeah. We have even the, the watermarking issues. And so, you know, in cinema, they use watermarking. Even that was being solved with our technology too, yeah. And um, yeah, so let's say I think this was, let's say, the whole chicken and egg thing was then solved by, let's say, by having our automatic thing that there was absolutely no lack of content yeah and you see here the big steps in 2011 now 10 years ago hey by the way this week i installed the first ever in in chengdu i have to show you a picture yeah in chengdu i have the first uh, ever system installed and that was in august 2011 so now 10 years ago that was the first ever installed from barco and that was in chengdu in china Mm. And then uh, a few years later, in 2014, we came with the first ever EV receiver to home. Yeah, 
we have then, oh, what I forgot to mention is the first ever movie from George Lucas, Red Tails, yeah, in Auto 3D. And then the 2016 uh, automotive, uh, the first cars from Porsche. And now we have Geely, we have more than a million cars in the meantime. Yeah, The first games uh, in Auto 3D and things like that. And I think we have now an, an amazing new thing that we did last year. The tests are running. We do a proof of concept now, let's say, uh, already very soon now, Yeah, because mm -hmm. Japan is going to roll out and use this this technology that you just have seen. They use it for streaming over standard internet IP. Interesting. So what you see here, this is only one microphone rig, yeah. And this was a concept that they did in uh, last year in October, yeah. A concert from a piano and percussion. Now piano is always a very delicate instrument when it comes up to, let's say, to codecs, yeah. If I hear over, let's say, over digital broadcast the piano, it sounds horrible, yeah. It's all full of uh, nasty artifacts. Same with percussion. So these are the most difficult instruments let's say to reproduce the dynamic range everything involved yeah and this is the recording rig yeah there are like many microphones on it but this was the only thing that we used there were no let's say you see a lot of let's say supporting microphones but finally they were not used in fact they only used auto 9.1 they used only nine channels yeah this was the recording thing, let's say, where they did the, the recording itself. You see the speaker layout, very easy setup there with auto, no overhead channels, which is, let's say, a nightmare to install here. Yeah? Uh, just like auto 9.1 and the encoding equipment, yeah. And that was that's what happened. So we did the streaming live from that concert, yeah, to as well in the, the auditorium in Galaxy Studios, yeah over standard IP, so there was not a special broadcast connection or something, it's just standard internet connection, yeah? We did it, they did it as well in, in Japan, to about 100 households, yeah? To, let's say, to see that everything works fine. The 5.1, because people who didn't have auto, they could have listened to the 5.1, they checked it in auto 9.1. And at the same time as well to our soundbar, yeah? We have an amazing soundbar. The feedback we get from the market is that this is the best soundbar ever produced. Yeah, is that so out already? Who, who that makes soundbar? that? Yeah, who makes uh, that? It, it, it is. Uh, it is. Let's say we have it ready. Yeah, but we are wanna, working, we are working oh, with Dolby. I want to be one of the first ah, yeah. free to yeah. review that thing because people what, are already asking me. Hey, what brand's hooking it up? <laughs> I cannot tell that now. Ah, uh, come on, Wilfried. I want to be one of the no first Wilfried. Vizio. You heard? No nuggets. You heard? I'm asking right now. I it's think it's Vizio. Samsung. It's Samsung. No, it's got to be like a like a European LG? name. No, it's got to be a European brand. <laughs> We're on LG. Sorry, I cannot disclose it. I'm on NDA. You is it Bose? It. Hold on. Look no. at how square. Look at how square square shit is. It's not going to be Sony. Hold on. Yeah. To... I think it's Bose. Hey, what yeah. people don't know, we're, we're going to start yeah. making it up. Yeah, we're going to. We'll it's all right. It we can just start rumors get started. But I want to be one of the first. Wilfried, you heard. You heard. I'm putting you on the spot. And then after you send that, after you send that, send me the the Porsche with the. Oh, yeah. the <laughs> exactly. No, you don't need right. that. I'm a car audio guy. I need that. <laughs> now we have the prototypes from this uh, device here in the studios, and uh, it is really mind blowing because every time when they start to do the demo, even myself, I think, oh, are the speakers because we have as well the speakers installed there, eh? so we right. can compare easy what the result is with the speakers and without or LLT and with the soundbar only. And every time when they start the demo, I think that. 
of the speakers now i don't know no they are off yeah but because in the meantime i i know what to listen to but it is amazing let's say how immersive it sounds it's really like the virtualization in that soundbar is the best ever yeah so wilfried like rough yes. time frame what are you trying to shoot for to no. to send that out to market like sometime next year maybe or yeah next year next year okay. yeah. And and in the very uh, let's say the the price range B and O, yeah, we are going to go at let's say in the neighborhood like four hundred euros, five hundred dollars or something. That's I like five hundred dollars, U.S. dollars. So it's not Bowers and Wilkins because okay. yeah, so not five, you know, sounds like Yamaha. I I, it is an amazing. Yeah, I don't think that's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's a good guess, Michael. I'm a, I'm a guess, man. I'm back to video. Good. Yeah, you gonna. I'm gonna go with Samsung. Uh, I, think I think your Samsung. Yamaha one is good. Samsung, yeah. Yamaha. I think Dolby I'm, I'm looking is going to make it. I'm watching or... Wilfred's facial expressions when I say these names to see if he like. <laughs> no, he, um, hey, you got to randomize it, but then bring it back in and see if yeah. you can figure out the pattern. <laughs> We're going to use our AI to figure out the pattern. <laughs> how about how about uh, doesn't sure. Denon have a a soundbar now, Michael? They have they have so. very good soundbars. Oh, you see that? He's like oh, he parked up a little bit right there. He's like got he got and excited. I, and all I right, tell you, all right. We have as well technology that can improve existing soundbars. We call it outer space, yeah? And it creates just from an existing soundbar, just like a stereo soundbar. And if you put our technology in it, it's amazing how, let's say, more three-dimensional sound it comes from it. And it really improves clarity and everything that you're used to hear from Auro. It does mm -hmm. it with an existing soundbar. There you go. Like a few manufacturers, let's say, testing. I don't out. believe you. You'll have to prove yeah. it. Yeah. I don't doubt. I don't doubt. Uh, Wilfried anymore. We can do the demo. We can do the demo I, with pleasure. Yeah, yeah. And it, it put the soundbar in front of your computer and do a demo for us, real time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll send you just by make sure mic. the logo. Make sure the logos. I don't yeah. Yeah. Make sure you uh, turn sure. it around so we can see the model number on the back. Uh, okay. Okay. Let, Engineering sample. Do, let's say via Zoom or something like that. Maybe a v for our VIP. You know what I mean? Maybe you can give yeah. us a quick demo. Tape everything off. I'm very yeah. curious to see how it sounds. So anyway, what else? What else? No, so I was just... What else? This yeah, look at this. this concept. So what happened is, let's say what we did is so on the left side, it was in Japan, a live happening. yeah, And that came then streamed over standard IP to all those places. yeah, And they had... And very interesting, you know, this is the Japanese way of working. They wanted to, to compare the real-life sound in the hall with a system they set up in the foyer so that they could hear the streamed results, how people could work, could could hear it at home, mm -hmm. compared to, let's say, how it was sounding in the hall. Yeah? And I tell you what, most of the, the people there, they said, give me the streamed results because you really feel like you're in the hall mm -hmm. and you have so much more detail because the microphones are on the exact sweet spot where nobody can sit. Yeah. And they're picking up so much more interesting thing that is, let's say, that is disappearing in the acoustics of the hall. Yeah, and Raisa Arakura is one of the most renowned uh, um, uh, journalist, audio-video journalist in the industry world. He's from Japan. Yeah, he's very, uh, very known. Yeah, and he wrote the following on Yahoo.com in Japan. He said, "This experiment is groundbreaking in that it delivers a place and brings the concert hall itself into home." Yeah. And see the quote he read. Uh, he wrote. He said, "I think it's a revolution in the way that Addison's Mary's sheep was recorded on a gramophone." Yeah. So for him, it was like an, an a groundbreaking new event. Yeah. 
and um, so that's I, that's I think which which is our future, yeah. And we are going to do the next test, I think, over two months, yeah. And then we are almost there because that's let's say we are going to roll it out by the end of this year with Wow Wow, that's the broadcaster, together with the NTT, yeah. And they are working on the integration of this technology. But that in Japan, people can hear sport events. They can have all these kind of programs mm -hmm. exactly in the quality that you are used now to hear only from a Blu-ray disc in our wow. three with the same audio quality. There is no compromise in audio quality. It's exactly the same codec. So we have about like a million devices now in the market with our decoder inside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So those people, those million households, they can have, let's say, that's that experience from every kind of content uh, produced, let's say, by this broadcaster OTT-wise, yeah. That's just a start. Just wow. a start. Yeah. Don't tell me you're going to do uh, like oral on mobile phones now. It's going to be yeah, like oral, like yeah. direct. Oh, my He's like, God. he has that on his phone. Yeah, we have that already, yeah. We have about <laughs> 2 million... We have about 2 million smartphones already on the market, yeah? In fact, we were too soon. We did that in 2016 with Tino Mobile, a Chinese brand, which mm -hmm. was finally bought by another company and didn't follow up anymore. Because the reason why they said is, okay, uh, we want to have as well native. We want to have mm -hmm. both and native and stream so that we have native music up mix that it is like one total product, yeah? So the moment when we are ready now with the streaming codec, I think that rolls out immediately and more automatically. Yeah, so that's... Okay. Uh, that's something we can do as well as a yeah. third session then yeah Yo, i i feel it should, it should have a different name though you know like when it when everything has the same name it kind of dilutes it you know so like even though it's you know oral but it should be like oral mobile you know what i mean like i don't want people to think that it's the same as your your system over there from their phone yeah. you don't need a system you just have and all you need is your phone yeah you know what i mean that's that I think that you are right. And the phone, let's say binaurally, even we have, let's say, because we are known for our binaural technologies, is being perceived as the best uh, on, on the market. Yeah. Um, it is selected as well in the new China standard, in the new China broadcast standard, our binaural technology. Yeah. Um, but it is, let's say, um, that might be an interesting third session that we can have because then we can show real time over now because that's a demo i can do the soundboard demos sure. i can do here but then people can have it on their headphones and i can do the on off with automatic for headphone on and off and how it all sounds yeah okay but of course let's say the binaural technology is let's say it is not the same as over speakers we still as human yeah. beings those speakers the move the air moving around us it's 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 a different way of let's say of experiencing sound compared to a headphone although if you don't have another solution if you don't have another choice of course then better headphone than than just let's say nothing yeah or let's say it's just stereo over headphone yeah so it improves let's say the out let's say the out of head experience we have with our system is very nice and uh, the same thing automatic over headphone is again with respect to the artistic intent or let's say the artistic integrity from the creators and that's something we can do perhaps in the in one of the next shows yeah? sounds good and we do have our after show, so if you can stick around. I know it's late over there, so if you can't stick around too long, but I'm sure maybe some of our, our patrons have a few questions for you, Wilfried. It's always a pleasure having you on here. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I hope it was something extra we could learn, and I'm happy to... Um, to oh, what is that? Hans Zimmer, Black, Concept, Native, 3D, 4... 
how to can you generate the handsome prank? I think I, I think if you just play back the the 5.1 or 7.1 from the Blu-ray disc and you up mixing it with Auro, you have a fantastic result already. Sounds but then good. you then, then you need of course an an AV receiver with Auro 3D inside, and then you can and you see you, you have it now at home, at Joe, right? Yeah, I have the binaural. I have or I have Oro 3D as well. I have the Oro 3D at home too. Oh, I have the yeah. I just need more content for it. So, we well, he just explained that you can just upmix the other stuff. True. <laughs> yeah, you can just get a Porsche Panamera. <laughs> Good to go. Hey, did you, Michael? Did you already try vinyl into your if you receive it? Do you have still a vinyl play, a vinyl? How do you say vinyl? Vinyl. Vinyl. Yeah, I don't have a vinyl. Uh, yeah, because yeah. I say it wrong here. Yeah, I see. I'll, you it. it sounds better than when you say it. vinyl. Yeah. It sounds you cooler. Know, <laughs> one, way cooler. One more question. Last question that I'll leave with because I've had a lot of people ask this, which is just what happens if you play like your Oro native Oro demos, like the tractor demo, but then they have the you know like an Atmos layout with ceiling speakers and not thirty oh, degree high channels. Blows what up. happens? Is that is that mm -hmm. not going to work properly? No, the tractor rolls over you instead of near you. It, so it, it's not your. So then I feel like I'm squished. I'm like, it feels oh, like man. a tractor is coming over you and not 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 where it yeah. should be. The okay. point is when when sounds which are meant to be on that position, when you put them suddenly overhead, yeah. Mm. That, same with music. If music is mixed like that, there's a lot of information in these high channels. Mm. A lot of let's say even direct information. The moment when you put them overhead, like you feel like the orchestra is above you, it's, it gives a very unnatural and instead of an open feeling about freedom, it, it gives that kind of. Uh, compressed feeling. It's okay. it does not it does not sound nice. Yeah. So, so uh, the, other around, the other way around works. Yeah. You see, there was like even this week a fantastic article. Yeah. Uh, uh, I should share it with you. Uh, an article which was about uh, the difference between the speaker layouts and and things like that. And um, that was an, 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 a guy who's installing systems. Yeah. And since that moment, he said, "Okay, install Auto 3D. It plays back everything very well." Yeah. Yeah, so, so would you, all, so all would you, you say that ceiling. that's a flaw in Oro 3D because it doesn't oh. like account for overhead and ceiling speakers? So, no so flaws. A lot of people use those. A lot no of people use those. Yeah, he's like, you know, just uh, take your ceiling speakers and then put them all in series, and then that's just the one huge voice of God channel. Michael that's just made the hit that. list. That's what you do. I'm all asking of them are just your voice of God. You know, I'm asking questions because I have four in ceiling speakers. But there's Absolutely. no physical way for me to do a 30 degree um, height speaker up front and rear. I could probably get away with, but front I can't. So I have a cat. I have a cabinet there. Michael, why not? Because I have a cabinet up front. Um, it'd be. Let's see. I'll see if I can share. Yes, a show them. <clears throat> I'm gonna show them. Yeah, yeah. We got time. <laughs> yeah, yeah put four phones up there. All right. So this would be. Let me give Let's you a see. picture. Okay, this is probably about the best I can. I think I showed him this, didn't I? Yeah, let's see. Let's. Share. We've been trying to tell him this whole time. Screen. Yeah, they're trying to convince me. Both. Oh, they're hit. That. I mean, they're hit me hard. Like, man, you gotta do well, this. I, yeah, dude. Seriously, you're missing out. There. Ah, uh, I see. I have a uh, suggestion. Oh. Uh, I have a suggestion. Yeah. So. The this the screen channels are they like in the middle of the screen or more to the let's say to let's say below the center of the screen. So behind my screen, I'll Can you show, show you the that. open. 
because I have I have I have found amazing results. Yeah, let's see. Because if you use it for home cinema, for cinema, you do not need those thirty degrees. Yeah, typically, let's see. More important is the fact that you have this the the, the that around the screen you have on the screen this vertical plane because it creates already a lot of transparency. If you have those channels up there, yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. How how much uh, is left above those speakers? How many? You're probably talking two feet. May, well, maybe not even two feet. Well, think about this. There's 18 inches in the subwoofer, so probably 18 inches. Yeah. Then I have another question. Do you have a, uh, an, an ability in your ceiling just before the screen to put in your ceiling speakers there? So I have, yes. So technically, yeah, I have... I mean, it depends on if there's a, um, like a, not a rafter, but you know what I mean? Like your, yeah, whatever you, you want to call you those. Can, you can bring them as well, let's say, uh, uh, to the ceiling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so mine, I have two. As, I have, as close as possible to, let's say, to the screen. Yeah. But right. in the ceiling. But in the yeah. Ceiling. So, they're, so mine are in the ceiling. Yeah. But, but they're probably, they're away from that cabinet a little bit. Because again, I was doing Dolby spec. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but the Dolby Spec brings the speaker really way much into the room. What I try to have yeah. is, let's say, to have this two planes on, let's say, on on the screen because that creates that 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 depth and let's say that transparency on the screen as a screen sound. Yeah, right. Not let's say coming with sounds which are meant to be like flying overhead. This is about let's say what happens on the screen. That's the right. reason why the height layer should be as close as possible to the screen. Yeah. And in fact, if you are, of course, in stadium, in 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 a cinema theater, or like say, typically where you are sitting not in in the center of the room, yeah, mm -hmm. then of course the the there's no you can never have this thirty degrees. Then you bring it to even fifteen degrees, but that doesn't matter so much because we have then typically in theater we have this overhead layer, and then mm -hmm. this thirty degree is let's say not so much an issue when you combine it around the screen. You have of course this 34, 35 degree or forty degree even let's say up there yeah. yeah and then you have the very important is that you can try to keep that as one plane and yeah it's it's do you, easy to install do you have any uh pictures michael with that's like a little bit more lit up like without the of what light? the oh, cabinet the, uh inside yeah. behind yeah. the screen sure i've seen some other ones that you've shown yeah. where yeah it'd shows be how older much space. photos yeah yeah well i mean there's this one let's see okay oh wow okay so that's there cool. okay yeah but that feels like you really have plays up, up there because you have to see the center i see that your center of the screen is around the, the middle of your the center is about the middle of your screen which is fantastic mm -hmm. i i like that the center is, is even slightly below the center yeah Let's say mm -hmm. the the axis of the speaker is slightly even below because most of the dialogue, yeah, right, is is center or just below center, yeah, mm -hmm. and most of the source sounds as well. They are like so. Let's say having it on like if you if you combine it in eight, yeah, on three fifth, yeah, is for me my my personal preference. Although the standard says a little bit more, let's say the middle itself, yeah, or right. just both. But I prefer let's say if you see just where a little bit lower. If you want to see where the standard comes from, this standard, mm -hmm. let's say, having it just above the in, in the middle of the screen, comes from the I think even the 60s when they have like this three-four format, yeah, which is okay. completely something different. And at that time, a lot of times people were shoot like from 
top to bottom. Yeah, the whole right. close-up thing and things now, the way that movies are recorded now, you see if you if you would count the average where dialogue is involved, you will see you're coming most of the time of the whole movie. It's just let's say most of the source sounds are center or just below center. Yeah, gotcha. and then then you have always place to put above there because even if you would put it behind your screen you will have a fantastic result of course so even even if it's just barely above the speakers yes. is that enough distance between that tweeter and the other tweeter on the other speaker that hit place above right. there the point is it creates that extra transparency yeah so mm -hmm. if you divide you can imagine all these hundreds of sounds coming just from this this channels or compared to the moment then you can have like three extra channels on top of that yeah it gives already immediate transparency of course what you don't have is let's say the amazing result of having this let's say this height extra yeah but it creates transparency a lot and you have it of course uh, let's say if you create that layer and that goes through and you have behind it it really creates the difference absolutely yeah hmm. um of course when there is let's say a little bit more height yeah right then you i wouldn't notice it as much a little bit more better but you will be astonished what what you can create already if you can just do it as a test michael try it out it's really worth to do it i would even doubting let's say to bring it into the ceiling I tell you, if you can do it in the ceiling, then you have both. Then you have okay. and transparency, and of course, you have suddenly that much more, let's say, spatial effect, and you have then the height as well from the front a little bit higher. So it will be a little bit more impressive when you can put it there, but okay. you have already a good result when you can put it, let's say, behind the screen as well. Okay. Uh, you have oh, extra speakers. Right. I'm sure you can yeah. just do a little quick test. Yeah, man, I got them all over the place. <laughs> well cool we're on a, we're on an hour 36 it's yeah. crazy well, so this uh, has been fun. always good having you wilfried i'm sure we'll have you again soon we'll schedule right. something we schedule something for the next two topics then there eh? you go the automatic right, well, itself and then the binaural technology as well a good idea good sounds good well we don't okay. have time to do the outro but um we'll see you guys next time thank, thank you. you so much speak you soon thank you, Bye. Bye. Bye.